Hello and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? The podcasting equivalent of a confused vacuum cleaner. A confused vacuum cleaner? Well, my vacuum cleaner is very confused at the moment because it doesn't have a bag. Oh, right, okay. I have to go, <laughs> nice. have to go and buy new bags. <laughs> it's just going in one end and out the other. It's like it's a wood chipper, basically. Kind of, it? yes. <laughs> what? No, no. I got rid of the old bag because it was smelling awful. Right, okay. And, and, just... uh, and then I realized that we didn't have any bags to replace it. So that's why. Bags? Yeah. What, what is that thing? Is that an old vacuum? That's no, it's a, a Henry. Old. Oh, a Henry Hoover. Oh, like a Henry bag. Yeah. It's a Henry ah, Hoover. I see. And you, um, your appliances um, are shaping up quite nicely because, as you just said before we started, you are bathed in warm light. I am got bathed in warm lamp. light. We've got a, got a new lamp. <laughs> what, I'm very what, excited about this. What, what shit audio this is. What shit already. It's top quality content. It's top quality content. This is what you download to listen to. Alex got a fucking new lamp. Hey, right. There are people <laughs> out there when they just hear some random say, I got a new lamp for the flat, they go, Oh, I wonder what kind. What kind, yeah. I wonder is what it... kind is it? Is it a floor standing? Is it clip onto a table? Is it just set well, on a table? Is it a LED lamp? Is it a filament lava, lamp? I don't a know. Lava a lamp. lava lamp, perchance. Remember those? Remember lava lamps? I do remember lava because lamps. Because I think they I think they were big in, was it the 70s and 80s? And then they kind of made a small resurgence when we were younger. Yeah, or was I never wanted we were one. We were interested. I never wanted no. one. I had a few mates who had one. Did you have one? Yeah, my, my brother and I were like used to dare each other to crack it open and drink the fluid. We you you did never, it, didn't neither you? Neither did. You, that's well, why you are like you are now. Well, we did have three brothers, and uh, me and Chris <laughs> dared him, the third one, to do it, and now we've got two. <laughs> we, yeah, <laughs> drank a lava lamp. That's dark. <laughs> it was, yeah. But no, well, it was dark because he turned the lamp off. So it oh, was dark. he did it. <laughs> It's speaker system because car speaker systems. Just so you know, Alex, and I know you don't drive, right. but car speaker systems have come a long way. Oh, good. In the last I'm, few years. I'm, I'm glad because the the general argument that I always I always remember in the, the family mobile back in the day <laughs> was, "Can you turn it up? I can't hear it back here." Yeah, what are you talking about? Back. It's blasting in the front. It's that's too good, loud. That's a good point, actually, because car speaker systems for family cars. They got it the balance wrong. Yeah. It was always the speakers were in the front and the people in the back were like, turn it up. And yeah, exactly. And yeah. it was like a it needed to be the other Metallica way concert in the front. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It was like Metallica concert in the front and a fucking like you're in the, the nosebleeds in the back of the car. Someone's and if you were a big family and you had some of those seats that kind of fit into the boot of the car where they yeah. face back, you know, like the jump jet seats that everyone yeah. used to jump to. Like you'd be lucky if you heard anything back there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You were you'd you'd no idea what was going on. Yeah. But I, I just I, want to hear the words of that new Robbie Williams. CD that, that I love so much. That was it, or the or the busted CD. What I just or the busted CD or the Shrek busted, Two soundtrack. The Shrek soundtrack. That, that was it. It was those CDs that kind of were were. Oh, and, and maybe like a Now Fifty Six or something yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. Something like something that. Like that. One, One that, of the yeah. Nows. One of the Nows. But hey, yeah. Yeah. Bit of that. Hey, yeah. I remember my dad had the single track for Without Me, <laughs> I M and M, and he put it on the car once, and it was only when he was like half like I got he got the first couple of swears out of the way. And we and my brother were quite young when that was released. I think it was like 2001. And, and yeah. he was like, oh. I remember that being in your dad's car. And yeah. I remember thinking it was a little bit risque. <laughs> I remember, but it was great. Like, I used to love it. Like, Because as a kid, if you don't really know the context, it kind of, that's the thing with Eminem. It kind of sounds like a kid's song. Some of those songs, yeah. don't they? Yeah, I can, they're, I can, they're I can remember childish. bopping around in the back seat as 10 years going, with a real Slim Shady, please stand up. <laughs> 
<laughs> we used to have it quite a lot. But anyway, I don't know what the tangent was. Oh yeah, the car speaker systems are quite good nowadays. Okay. But I'm, ha- but I'm happy that brought into that nice segue that, w- that was quite relatable to you because I know that you weren't in the car at the time, but no. I'm sure you would have been. I-, I tested it. What's your go-to test for... Uh, this is a, something that I... There's a, there's a funny comedy skit that uh, Stephen Merchant always talks about. I, it just makes me laugh so much about how a friend of his j- j- wanted to test out the new speaker system in his car that he bought when he was young out in Bristol. Um, and uh, they, he said his friend, to, to pr- like the one track to, to put on the speaker system, he put on Money for Nothing by uh, Dire Straits right. just because it's that rocking intro. And it's he laughs at it because it's like it's such a try-hard mentality of, yeah, look how cool it is, but it's also like Dire Straits. Yeah. And I thought that was really quite a funny thing. But my question to you then is, and I've got an answer, is what do you test as your test of a new speaker or a new set of headphones? Is there a specific go-to song that you go to? Well, I always try before I buy. Okay. For, what do you try it with though? I try it white, with a bunch. I try it with a bunch of different things because, as you know, I l- yeah. I listen to a lot of different types of music. Yeah. And actually, at this point in my life, the ratio has swung right over to like orchestral classical music and orchestral film music more than anything else. Yeah. It's like that's the music I listen to, or I'm listening to a podcast. The actual amount of times that I actually stick on like a rock album. Yeah. Or anything like that. It's actually very, very like slim. Like I don't I really don't do that anymore. So I te- I tend to test them out with lots of different genres. First first and foremost, it's gotta sound good playing the symphonies, like Beethoven symphonies and Mahler symphonies no. and things yeah, like yeah. that. And um not all of the go to brands do that because a lot of them are preset to sound mm. good with popular music as you oh, know they would as they as yeah. they would do because that's what most people listen to they listen to yeah. the pop uh, the popular music and so they want their products to instantly sound the best that they can for the music that most people will listen to yeah yeah now the more premium headphones out there at the moment have apps where you can like change the equalizers and things like that so you can kind of make most headphones sound the way you want them mm. but um but i always like to go straight for the orchestral music and then and then once it sounds good on that then i'll then stick on some, into, then then i'll stick on some acdc yeah straight into the ramstein skindred a bit of that yeah. nice no i so i found myself testing it with because i've do you know what one and we i guess we haven't really gone into it and talked about it was the hamilton and the whole the, you know the hamilton soundtrack and yeah. stuff because yeah. i was like i, Which found, I still like, I, haven't I just... watched on disney plus oh, it's, on, it's mate, been it's been it on watched. disney plus for ages and i've still we'll not do watched it. it we'll do it at one point i'm sure well when you watch it we can why do we do that as an app why do we do that as an app it'd be a good episode it actually, would be a good be yeah that would make we, me watch we... it as well <laughs> Well, why don't we? Why don't we bloody do? Oh God, we're such we're such shit at committing. Why don't we do it oh, next God. week? We're doing it next week. I what, wanted you to say that. Why don't we do it next week? Love it. Okay, okay. there we go. Yes. there we go, mate. It's Love co- it. It's committed to recording <laughs> nice, next week. Nice. It's Hamilton. Okay, well, what I'm going to say is we can draw back to this point because as a as a soundtrack that accompanies it, it's slightly different to the one you see on the stage, but they're very 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 similar. Um, but my God, like it's a deep sound like it's a rich sound you get from it mm-hmm. and it came on I, I was like on shuffle well it's primarily kind of hip-hop on. isn't it yeah 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 and as you say it's the sort of music that's kind of it's the sort of music that's kind of um supposed to 
be be good on the as you said it's the, it's the it's the buy it's the sort of the standard thing that you would someone yeah. listen to on their speakers and so that's why it sounds good yeah um oh good no nice we'll do hamilton next week in fact uh, what i will do is i will text you two things to watch because obviously hamilton's one but on netflix there's a series that's just dropped and i was going to bring it to moving forward but the reason i'm not bringing it to moving forward because i haven't watched it yet oh great so <laughs> next week at moving forward stand by there's going to be a really interesting uh talking point moving forward that we can get into yeah and it's the it's a tv series that that talks about certain songs that you know and listen to and how the story of that song came about. And one of them is one of the songs from Hamilton. Another one is actually, which I'm really excited for, is Losing My Religion by R.E.M. Oh, great. And there's like a sort of a short on how that song came about and all this. Anyway, oh, cool. we'll, we'll get to that next week. That's that's next week's moving forward. So every, if you want to know next week's show, that's what you're in for. Yeah. But this week, we are a music and movies podcast. I mean, we're a music and movies podcast every week, mate. But this week especially we're okay. a music and movies podcast because the segue doesn't work if that's not the case. Right, okay, fine. <laughs> I'll buy that. This week we're more movie and music than ever before. And each week we will take... Uh, well, I keep saying take it in turns, but each week we will dive into the music and the movies of our uh, favorite music and our movies. And <laughs> right. This week we kind of it's the were most like, eloquent sentence you've ever there said. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> it is this week we are going to be a podcast about music and movies because we are a podcast about music and movies. We are. There we go. There we. <laughs> you know when you're like finishing to get words out in the report. That was that. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, just met the word count there. Absolutely met the word count. Now to double and... space it and to whack up the font to make it look big. Exactly. Or do the whole thing. I've got to make. God, this is. There's so many tangents. I've not seen you in a while. This is why this is nice. Yeah, it to has. See you. And we won't. And we, <laughs> we won't. won't. Because no, we've we only been. We've, we've just been put into high risk. Tier two, exactly. Tier two. I, when I saw the news, I was bloody. Two tears came out of my eyes. I'll tell you that for free. Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> need to calm down a bit. Need to. What was I going to say? I was going to say something before you. Oh, yeah. I had a friend who used to do this, right? When he didn't meet the word count in his reports. He used to just type or copy and paste his report twice, or just copy and paste sentences twice, and then put the put the color of the text to to white, so that it. I've heard like about that before. Numbers. I've I've heard about that before. <laughs> it's actually a genius solution, and how it's can genius. how can you get caught? It's genius. How can you get how can you get caught? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, yeah. when she counts the look, when she counts the words, or he counts the words of your report. Yeah. Um. What was I saying? Oh yeah. This week. This week we are. Oh God. We're really. We're really kind of going back to what we know and love because not only are we going back to a DC film, but we're also yep. underwater again because we were underwater last week. That was an accidental seg. That was an accidental kind of link. That yeah. actually, I was yeah. thinking about that when I was watching said movie, which again you've failed to mention. It's Aquaman. Yeah. It's Aquaman. It's Aquaman. Sorry, I hope you don't mind. Um, I've just got eggs here delivered. Maddie's made, Maddie made some leftover eggs. I'm going to be eating eggs as we... Uh, Fabulous. That's not going to be picked up by the microphone at all. <laughs> Definitely. We almost, should we, almost, we should pause it? No, I like eat them. scrambled eggs. You're just going to be like... Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, you better have some really bloody long sentences to say so really I can blo- take some eating breaks. <laughs> take some eating breaks where i'll still hear munching to those because i can see those eggs and they are wet no, no because i'll turn away because i'm a professional right okay uh in 2018 james wan released unto the world the marvel that is aquaman yeah. and i did not see it until this week no. because for some reason i never got around to seeing it in the same way i never got around to seeing wonder woman and we planned to watch this together but for some reason, I think we were just both quite busy and we didn't. Yeah. 
and it's a movie. Yeah, oh, it is. <laughs> it's a movie. It really, really is a movie. Now, did you did you have a look at James Wan's previous work? I did. Now, I that's a really good point that you bring up. So let me get this. This movie marks the, uh, the... So basically, this movie marks the fifth collaboration between writer and director James Wan and Patrick Wilson. Yeah. Obviously, Patrick Wilson playing uh, o- o- Olam, Oram, or Orm, Great Orm, I don't know. No. I can't remember. The, the, ocean, the one who kept calling himself the Ocean Master. Yeah, He's yeah. good. I like him. But basically, this goes on to previous work. This is just the two of them, so actor and director, have been in uh, Insidious, The Conjuring, Insidious Chapter 2, and The Conjuring 2. Basically, this is his third, James Wan's third movie that he's directed that's not a horror movie and his first ever superhero movie. Right. So in answer to your question, yeah. But uh, he's, he's a horror movie background. What I was kind of alluding to apart from the horror movie background, was what's the other huge franchise that James Wan has done? Oh, Fast and Furious, of course. Fast and Furious. Yeah. And not just Fast and Furious. One of the later Fast and Furiouses, when Fast they start... Fast and Furious 7. Fast and Furious 7, when they started to get absolutely insane. Now, I know you've not seen Fast and Furious 7 or any of the insane ones. And I would urge you, mm-hmm. I would urge you, based on your reaction to aquaman which mm-hmm. if i may jump the gun a little bit i think you were pleasantly surprised yeah i was i was and i and i know and i do now know why but we'll, we'll get to that yeah okay sorry keep going though, yeah but because this is a big movie and everything is on the screen and it's a bit insane isn't it and based on based on those things i wonder if you'd be more tempted to actually dive in to some of the ridiculous fast and furious movies but just because they're ridiculous and you'll get the because i think the entertainment factor of both those things as in the insane fast and furious movies like the early ones like they're they're like much more niche because it's like criminal la street racing type thing whereas stealing dvd play yeah whereas the later ones are you know soviet nuclear submarines chasing chasing supercars across a frozen lake and yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) that's not even hyperbole that actually happens yeah 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 and uh i think the next one they're going to space but that's by the by and um but what do they do after that? What do they do? After- multiverse. Multiverse. Absolutely. Multiple Dominic Toretto's yeah. in multiple tank tops. But yeah, would you would you consider watching them based on yeah, your experience in this movie? I think I think I will. I think I will have to because because I did I did like this movie actually. Um, up top, I I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it because. A, because I didn't think I would, but B, because it was just, like, it was just quite good, like, in a bad way. Like, it was it was a really good bad movie, like, a really good bad movie. Is That's it a how bad you can movie, describe... though? Yeah, I think it is. I don't think this is good cinema, um, and I don't think this is good. Like, it's not, it's not, like... It's not a theater, not a movie, not a, you know, like an experience. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a movie flick. Yes. what it is. It's an action flick. Oh, it is. But it's, and that's why, that's again, why I make the, why I make the comparison to Fast and Furious because, Mm. because basically what it is, is a studio throwing an absolutely insane amount of money at what really should be just a light, a light hearted piece of entertainment. Yeah. 
and coming out with like just a huge big bombastic thrill ride yeah that's not that's again you know extremely predictable like plot wise loads of tropes amazing one-liners and great action sequences but it's like a, a lot of smoldering looks as well exactly so many smoldering looks mm-hmm. he gets away with it though he's he a bloody good looking bloke do you know what i, I bloody love jason momoa he's out he's all right in this or as, my, actually... or as my girlfriend calls him jason mimosa mimosa yeah, yeah. he's just mimosa yeah now i i do know why i did like this movie and i do know why people like this movie yeah there's a there is a reason yeah and there is a formulaic reason oh and that's because i love being pigeonholed i know but that's because it's kind of like every other movie like it is there is there is something in this movie that reminded me of almost every movie under the sun (laughs) yeah no 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 you are not wrong i reckon you could go through this movie scene for scene and say what other famous better movie that scene came from alex <laughs> i did you did oh my I god did. so stand by i'm gonna start with my quick run through now this is obviously going to be up top the spoilers of the movie and it's going to go right, right fair, through it but fair. this is this is this is every comparison this is every i've called this the great comparisons of the aquaman and the theft that was stolen under our noses well at what point Cal- did you decide Cal- at what Divine. point in the movie did you decide to do this soon as i started as soon as i started right um so th- like don't get me wrong i could have got really in- into it with the whole tamura Ro- uh, tamura robinson uh, morrison he's awesome by the way yeah, i love him what, do, do what love shit hair though do, do, i know he, he looked a bit he looked a bit aged yeah he did look a bit aged yeah. he looked a bit they aged gr- when they didn't they were de-age great him. together well, yeah they were great together those two like they were son and they were good and and the fight scene with the oh get the start anyway yeah you know i did this from the start so obviously the top one up top black panther I think it's very Black Panther copying the whole Atlantis Wakanda sequence, the Lost King, the challenges, the kind of fighting in the uh, the arena. There was yeah. also very Ant Man and the and the Wasp with the Lost Mum, the Mum in the Quantum Realm. She's in the center of the universe. Yeah. Uh, Captain America submarine hatch. He uses that submarine hatch to basically take out everyone. He's throwing the hatch around like mm-hmm. a shield. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of Iron Man sound effects, and that crash into the desert was identical to the Iron Man crash. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there was the whole indiana jones sort of 15 20 minutes of the movie yeah. where you had to look through the spyglass to make sure that it was in the right place oh yeah, uh, yeah. The, the manta weapon so there's a scene where black manta's weaponing up and he's kind of designing the suit almost identical to tony stark creating the suit like almost identical scene, yeah and scene also actually since, since you're just on that scene yeah. uh did you get the the more than obvious jaws reference no what was this one <laughs> Where where he where he accidentally blows up his roof and says, "We're gonna need a bigger helmet." Oh right, nice. Yeah, I did get that one actually. Uh, where was I? So the suit, this the, the suit, and I've made a point of this earlier. That fight with the black man to suit, it looks a lot like a Power Rangers villain. Like it, yeah. Didn't, I don't think it looked that great. It yeah. looked a lot like a you know like one of those sort of Power Rangers villains. But I think um, a lot I, of the fight scenes look like that. you know when the Atlantean soldiers came in for the home invasion, like in the prologue of the movie, and yeah. Nicole Kidman, Kidman fought them off. That was yeah. a bit Power Rangersy as well. Yeah, it was a little bit. I quite like that sequence. I thought the camera was quite no, quite the like camera work room. was amazing. Actually, I've got a point on the camera work, especially right. this in the Sicily one. Yeah, uh, but so Mira. 
I thought she, her character traits, her smiles, the way she talked, the way she spoke, and the way she carried herself was almost modeled off Black Panther, uh, not Black Panther, um, Black Widow. Right. And then you had the Thor and she had slash red hair. and red hair, Thor slash Sword in the Stone removal of the trident, uh, and it's grip only if you're worthy. Uh, and then it mm-hmm. finishes with the last words are "I am Aquaman," which is uh, you know "I am Iron Man." Yeah. Oh, so, but boy, does he pose up a storm in that last shot? Yeah, he, he leaps does, out yeah. the water. That yeah, um, yeah. where he leaps out the water poses up by a sunset. You just go, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so I've got quite a few, I guess I went through the movie and made quite a lot of notes as I was watching it, as I'm sure okay. you, you got to, but I tried to align them all to musical notes. Yeah. Um, we, we we touched on the camera work and stuff, because actually, let's just finish that one off, nip that one yeah. in the bud before we get back, because the fight sequences, I thought were all really good. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I thought they were really, really good, and I like the fight scene in Sicily. Uh, but so but basically, Method Studios handled the Sicily fight sequence between Arthur Mira and Black Manta. Arthur's encounter with the Carathon uh, and the Wall of the Souls and his acquisition of At- uh, Atlas Triton. So it's basically one Method Studio handled all the different fight scenes. But basically, they built a se- they they did it all on wires. I to, to my understanding. So for the Sicily fight sequence, the team built up the main square of the Italian village. And a terracotta tiled roof set piece, and then we're uh, backed with a blue screen. So there's a blue screen behind that, which you could right. see. But it was completely CG. Village was also created behind the scans. But I actually thought it looked really, really good. It did look really, really good to the extent that, like, I felt uncomfortable watching all of mm. these built beautiful, beautiful buildings getting destroyed, as yeah. I always do in all of these movies when I see like really like historical places with really old buildings and seeing them get blown up that that really really bothers me Bl- yeah. blow up as many glass and steel skyscrapers as you want i couldn't care less but yeah. like these old like villages i had the same thing when they were ripping up st giles cathedral and uh avengers oh yeah yeah where that, i was it, like it, be, it careful, be careful be careful be careful yeah exactly <laughs> that's that a very old, old building <laughs> yeah exactly um but no, so so I think the fight sequences were 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 all very good. I'm trying to see any other like points that I made throughout the movie. Oh my goodness! So the one that we talked quite a bit about was the what well, when I when we were sorry when I was just saying there was how many comparisons there are and the comparison of the the Colosseum, the kind of gladiator sequence where mm-hmm. they first fight each other, Ring of Fire. Ring of Fire again, yeah, ring another of fire, ring of fire. An, another link from Finding, <laughs> Nemo. Finding Nemo, another Ring of Fire. Now, I I want to talk about not what was happening in that gladiator sequence, but everything else that happened around it, i.e. the the crowd yeah. and that fucking octopus with the drums. Oh, God, the octopus with the drums. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think if anybody was watching the movie up until that point and was confused as to what kind of movie it was going to turn into, like tonally yeah. and stuff like that, I think seeing the octopus playing the drums yeah. is probably just seals it. Of like, so oh, okay, wanna... this doesn't take itself too seriously. So, so do you know, right, what was really funny was I made a note when I was watching this of, it's quite Mad Max-esque. 
right? I was like, oh, it's quite mad mask. Anyway, I did some research into this, okay? And here's what I found. So basically, during the duel between Arthur and Orm, so it is Orm, um, an octopus plays the drum solo. According to writer and director James Wan, this octopus is Topo, Aquaman's octopus sidekick from the 1950s and 1960s. Oh, really? Who okay. was able, and he was able to play musical instruments. Wan was initially unsure about putting Topo in this movie, but was inspired to do so after watching Mad Max Fury Road, saying, if that film could have a guy playing a flaming guitar, I'm going to have an octopus drummer in mind. Do you know what? He's not wrong. No, he's not he's wrong. Not I think wrong. that's brilliant. He's not wrong. And I'm like, yep, I've no more, no more comments on that. Thank you for explaining it. <laughs> the other thing that I wanted to say before about the gladiator sequence, and I can't, I can't let this go. Like, if there was only one thing I say about the whole movie, it's this, right? That the crowd was jarring, so jarring. I, I was like, what is going on? There's something about the crowd that like really the got CGness me. of it. The CGness of it, right? And there's a there's a particular there's a particular point, and I I wish I could tell you at what minute and what second, but it's a very like five ten second shot of the crowd, and what happens is it's when the two of them fly together, or like swim together. I know what you're going to say. And they create the they create the boo, yeah. and it's like the the sound wave, and this crowd are all like, <gasps> and then they go yeah. I love like, that. I love but that though. I hate I hated I hated the crowd reaction because it's filming on this one extra. It's this one guy in the front row and it looks fucking weird. Yeah. I don't know what it is about this. Do you know that bit? You know that exact No, I know exactly I know exactly what you're talking oh, about. I know exactly it, it, what you're talking about. And yes, that you know that it's it's obviously it's obviously CG. Mm. But there's there's something about it because I was thinking about all the CG, because obviously this this movie is so CG heavy, it's frightening. And sometimes it makes a lot of the characters look a bit odd. Yeah. Look a little a little bit odd. Mm. And the only other times you see that in similar action movies, you know, science fiction, whatever, is when, especially in more recent years, actors have been de-aged. And yeah. we actually had that with Tamara Morrison at the beginning of the movie as well. And in a lot of the underwater scenes, it looked like almost everybody had been de-aged, including like, you know, yeah. Patrick Wilson sure. and other and other characters. And even, you know, full D Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, even <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. Oh, we're going to yeah. get to him. Yeah. And... Willem Dafoe Will was de-aged in this, though. He, well, he was de he was de-aged in the flashbacks, hundred yeah, right, percent. Yeah. But even in the current day, he still had that kind of like tint about him. Oh yeah, it looked very but yeah yeah. Because all of those scenes, or the vast majority of those scenes, were set underwater, it was like you were watching. It was like you were watching the movie through the glass of an aquarium. So everything was like. Like slightly, Sheen, yeah. slightly distorted, but not blurry. It was just everything was in full focus, but with a little sheen. I can't exactly yeah, yeah, explain yeah. how it mean. is. I know what you but, mean. I know what you mean. And so, yes, you can look at a shot and say, "Oh God, that's very CG and stuff like that." But then, I think as a general point in the movie, it was deliberate. Yeah, it was deliberate to. Yeah maintain that underwater feeling so that you never forgot 
that the vast majority of this movie is set underwater because it would be mm. so easy to look at the sets of Atlantis and all of this and just assume it was like, I don't know, on another planet or yeah. something because it was just so fantastical. But they had to keep the underwaterness of it. And I think that was a decision to keep that alive, personally. <laughs> That's the impression I got. Yeah, I, I, I think I think you're right. And I, I did... <sighs> I liked it because it committed to it. It yeah. wasn't like one or two scenes. It was the whole movie. If you take it for what it was, the whole movie, all those characters looked the way they did consistently throughout the movie. Yeah. Therefore, it didn't really break any assumptions that 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 they, they they look how they actually do look. I think it's, I think it was good. I, I think that there was an element of. I mean, I think it 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 it, it ultimately is encapsulated by the feeling of a course correction because there was obviously a big course correction after justice league and after um and and the colors were added and the saturation was turned right up and i think it's a byproduct of that is what we're kind of getting at but again i'm glad you brought that up because the other thing i felt in this movie was even though it was really rather silly really very ridiculous i still believed that that this existed in the Man of Steel, uh, Batman versus Superman verse. Yeah, I think I, there was a couple. There I was a still couple believed of that there was a couple of scenes. I mean, don't get me wrong. When when they were fighting the crabs, when all the the seahorse were oh, fighting God, the crabs, yeah. I was a bit just like, this this this, <laughs> this is in the same universe as as Henry Cavill. Like this is mental. No, I like, kind of thought was it was. Like, I kind of thought it, it was. I was like. Uh, this is meant, I don't know. I But in the same way, but in the same way that you just accept, for example, mm. that Thor Ragnarok is in the same world as Winter Soldier. Yeah, Captain that's America's yeah, Winter yeah, Soldier. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that that's fair. That's fair. And I think we said that. I think we said that during one of the other DC universes. I have films. I think we said that uh, same sort of point. No, it's it's fine. I this is the, this is the thing, and I remember because I kind of watched this in a couple of chunks. And the first well, it's 40, a big movie. It's a big it's really movie, long. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, it's long. The first sort of forty minutes of it or so, um, oh, sorry, forty percent of it. So maybe like yeah, maybe about half of the film. I thought it was I thought it was really really good. I thought it started to lose its way throughout, but I liked some of the char- like the creation of the Black Manta and the little kind of story. Yeah. Like, as Hollywood movies go, quite like that. You know, the whole submarine bit at the start. I I, you know, I love submarines, but like even just the whole he and his dad were good together. Like they were all believable. I think yeah. Nicole Kidman was good. Like it was all like, this is actually really good guys. Like, yeah. you know, you know, when you were like, ah, I'm pleasantly surprised by yeah. some of this. Uh, do we want to talk about music? Yeah, I reckon we should. I reckon we should. Should we start with the score? Yeah, let's should, do it. Mate. Should we start with the score? Because there's a bunch of uh, added songs soundtrack to this movie as well, which I think we should cover as well, but hmm. let's start with the score. And I really like it. As yeah. a general kind of macro point, I will be more yeah. specific than that. But I like the feeling that, first of all, there's a lot of it that mirrors a lot of what Thomas Newman did with Finding Nemo that we talked about last week, which was that kind of muddying the waters, kind of like making everything a bit muffled. Yeah. In in a lot in a lot of in a lot of moments. Yeah. And obviously, there's a lot of things which are blown up way out like out of proportion because i think i was trying to i was trying to put uh 
a kind of genre onto this orchestral score and i've come up and i've landed on futuristic funk i was about to say it was very i i was reminded of it was Blade Runner-esque yeah. for a large part of it. There was quite a techno sort of vibe, yeah. which I really liked. I think they could have went really... I think they went... They didn't turn it up to 11. They definitely turned it up to 8 or 9. Yeah. They could have went... They could have just kept going and put techno feel in all the scenes, and yeah. I would have been really into that. Yeah. And there's specifically in a lot of the techno things, and it, it really came to a head in all these kind of landscape or rather seascape yeah. scenes like... Yeah. in the city of Atlantis and all of these yep. things. But there was this sort of arpeggiated synth going... And I was thinking, like, what does that remind me of? It's definitely aquatic. And I've and I've decided that it's like the bubbles in a fish tank. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, mate. Yeah, it's like, that's it. That's... You know how you can hear the bubbles in mm. a fish tank? Mm. And they kind of mm. go... Yeah, because... because... But then if you're underwater, it makes sense to you because you're hearing and seeing what they can hear yeah. and see. And maybe they hear the bubbles in a fish tank. They hear it as an arpeggio as opposed to just us that hear it as a drone. Yeah. That's, that's, I like that. Yeah. Like, that's I a mean, good I comparison. Mean, again, just a theory, but... Theory I quite like. But Yeah. Yeah, no, but... And I also liked that a lot of the character themes were well fleshed out. Like yeah. they were very, very specific. Like Arthur's got a lovely theme. He does. Like, I, I did. He I thought does it was have really a lovely good. theme. It's it's very Hollywood heroic. Like yeah. you know, it's very much. It's very simple. It's very, very simple. It's simple, but it's also like derivative of like hundreds of other themes we've all heard we've heard before yeah, throughout yeah. the ages of uh, yeah. Hollywood. But it was still really nice to listen to, and it still did. It still hit the emotional beats where it was supposed to. And it was worked very, very well. And it was obvious that the score had a lot of effort put into it. In fact, the composer, Rupert Gregson-Williams, not to be confused with his bro uh, brother, Harry Gregson-Williams. So Rupert, so which one did Wonder Woman? Rupert did Rup Rupert did Wonder Woman. Did um, Wonder Harry Gregson-Williams has a partnership with John Powell and he did Shrek. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and other things. So two different Gregs and Williams, but Rupert did Wonder Woman. But they are, and, but and they are brothers. But they are brothers. They? they are, yeah, they are okay. brothers. God, that would be, that'd be weird if they were completely unrelated. And they do were you know what's funny? Composers. Do you know the, well, do you know this thing is actually, I'm going to talk about a, a couple of composers and moving forward who yeah. call themselves brothers who are not actually brothers. All right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so we'll get well, to that's that interesting. But yeah. just for, so Rupert Gregs and Williams said that this was his most ambitious score to date. And that he started working on it like way like before the movie started filming or way before he'd seen anything like so he worked on this for a long time. And I think you can tell throughout the soundtrack that it's well thought out. There's yeah. a lot of effort put into it and it must have taken quite a while to record because there's a lot of material and there's not a huge amount of things that are overly recycled because you know no. some sometimes sometimes you see obviously there are things that are recycled but only for the purposes of the movie like you know when arthur does something heroic then arthur's theme plays heroically yeah, yeah you know yeah. that's just crafting the score but you know uh, how you, you you can you do get a lot of these movies where you where you sit there and you go i, th I think i've heard that theme a bit like about too too, too many much. times yeah now, yeah and i'm not sure it was necessary and i don't think there was any moments in this movie where i felt that 
No, and I think there was two reasons that that happened. So one of them was that I think the instrumentation was used pretty well. I, I must admit, I was really happy how they, I don't think they stuck to their guns as much as they could have done, but they used the horn section a huge amount every time we had King Orm on screen. So Patrick mm -hmm. Wilson on screen, yeah. definitely that introduction. It was very horn heavy and I quite liked that. Yeah. The second reason why I don't think that we, the, there was any blatant re repetition of music was that there was blatant repetition of some other things that kept happening on screen. And if I can move away from music oh, for yeah. one second yeah yeah uh, we accept almost, tangents on this podcast well almost every single vital conversation did you notice was interrupted by the same thing no there is a there is a lot of explosions through walls in this movie <laughs> i counted at least i could probably say five explosive entrance do you know what i mean though there was so many there was so many i remember watching it being like that's the third time that's happened. Yeah. Like, wow. Like, why are they doing that? And then there was a kind of semi one near the end. But it was, was that the trench one where one of the trench appeared on the side of the boat? Yeah. 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 It was, it was, oh, they were good. I like that boat sequence with those critter things. No, they were quite That was very, there. that was very horror, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was good. Well, that was very James Wan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Flexing his guns there. No, I, I thought it was a good movie. That was a good bloody movie. Um, as you said, I love the techno bit. It was very sci-fi, very kind of Thor Ragnarok-esque. Uh, the other points that I that I quite liked about this was there was some really great other music that was in this. Now, there was some horrendous music in this. Um, for example, the Ocean to Ocean, which was the tribute to with the Pitbull song, which I'll get that, to. In, uh, well, no, that's the thing. I was wanting, I was wanting to talk about that separately uh, uh, about... Uh, songs included in this movie and oh, do you Ocean... want to keep going with the score then or do you want to are you happy to move over to songs? no i mean we're all, we're all, we're over now so let's okay let, let's, let's so let's let, do this. you know we're, th we're through the list yeah, exactly. we're through the looking glass we gave a good 10 seconds to the score and now <laughs> you know we've done we've done our job our 20 our our 20 length podcast let's give a good good minute yeah, to exactly. the score exactly. uh, no ocean to ocean i agree is objectively terrible Oh. but the first time because this wasn't the first time i watched this movie when i watched it last night i watched it the first time i watched it was on a train from uh from london to edinburgh as it was meant to be watched as it was meant to be watched yeah and no but i enjoyed it in that setting as well though to be yeah, fair sure, i, I sure, did what sure. i did enjoy it then as well and when that happened i laughed out loud oh it's i laughed abysmal. out loud because for a start it, it it starts off with a very Casino Royale James Bondy exiting from the ocean, slow motion, yeah, yeah, yeah. slow motion, all body parts flexing on both yeah, Mira yeah. and yeah and Arthur, and yeah. you know this kind of like rap, yeah yeah, um, pitbull hip hop thing, and I'd obviously I'd never heard this song before, so I was just like, okay, that's fairly stereotypical it's a bit of a joke and then in and then the next shot is them flying over the sahara in a plane and then at that moment you discover that the song that they have ripped off that they sampled in that song was the greatest song ever made africa by toto and i nearly lost it it was horrendous fantastic i hate it i love it so much I hate it so much. I just was like, no, that's not yours. Oh, it gets me. I'm such a dick. I uh, hate it, though. I'm such a killjoy. Oh, oh, yeah, but you've got to laugh at it. And the fact that I just felt it was so hilarious, because it, it reminded me of um, 
Sahara, you know, the Matthew McConaughey movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. they just like, you, where you've got these vehicle moments. You're either yeah. flying over a landscape or you're boating um, very fast through a river. And for some reason, the the radio in that shot has become the soundtrack of the movie. Yeah, you know, I know it's that it's that kind of thing. But no, I I love Africa by Toto unconditionally. Um, yeah. And oh, by Weezer. Tri- I really like the Weezer one. Oh, I've not well. heard the Weezer one, but Oh, it's awesome. Have I told you my little piece of trivia that always freaks people out about Toto? Well, I hope it doesn't scare me. Don't don't oh, it doesn't, oh. no, it's not that freaky. It's just a nice little it? it's just a nice little piece of trivia about Toto. Okay, okay. Go on then. Do you know you know the lead singer of Toto? <laughs> I mean not personally. Is he haunted? He's not haunted. Okay, cool. No, I don't know him. Right, okay. So he is the son yes. of a famous musical composer. Oh. It's not John Williams, is it? It is John Williams. Really? Yeah. John Williams' son is the lead singer and songwriter of Toto. Amazing. I fucking love Toto. I love uh, Draw the Line. Uh, is it Hold the Line? Yeah. And Rosanna. Rosanna's mm-hmm. a great, yeah. really great, really well-written song mm-hmm. they're good yeah no i, I I've like got toto. a lot of time for toto but I'll listen to toto i gotta to clean the house i guess what i'm listening to oh yeah 100 percent. that's to, that's the total kind of total kind of job cleaning the house as it was but, meant to be uh, so in summary i both hated and loved ocean yeah, to it, ocean because it was ridiculous and insulting well it was <laughs> it was used as a tribute to the Fast and Furious Seven, because Pitbull was obviously in the the, the the soundtrack for Fast and Furious Seven, so that's why he put it in. Oh, really? Yeah, that's okay. why he put it in. Yeah. Uh, the other song that's in there is a Roy Orbison one, which I really, really like. Roy Orbison, I think he's yep. got a distinctive sound. And you have uh, she's a mystery girl as they're walking around the market, and then she eats the rose. I thought that was a. Re- I think it's a great song. I love Roy Orbison. Yeah. The the Tarantino uses Roy Orbison fantastically yeah. and hatefully at the end. There won't be many coming home. Yeah. But I just think he's a great. It's a normal. It's a normal sound. It's, it was, a, it's a really great sound. It was a lovely sequence it. that. It was yeah. a lovely sequence that, and I reckon there's a really good joke in there about her being a fish out of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> exactly. But I'm not clever enough to think of it. There were some really funny little quips as well on this. Like, I like the bogey on our six. What the hell does that mean? Bad guys behind us. Just say that then. Just bad say that. Just say... Us, and behind. the bit when he was like, she like they use, she like extracts a bead of sweat from him in the Sahara and he's just like, I could have pissed on it. Like, yeah. I, I think that there were some funny little bits like that that yeah. I quite liked. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. It very much played into Jason Momoa's kind of style, mm. didn't it? Like, again, mm. I think he was fantastic. Mm. So Jason movie. Momoa was actually surprised to be cast as Aquaman because the character in the comics is a blonde-haired Caucasian. Oh yeah, he's who looks pretty aggressively lot, Aryan. Well, he looks a lot <laughs> like co-star Patrick Wilson, who was. Yeah. And executive producer Zack Snyder wanted to break the barrier of not having any mixed-race heroes and knew that Momoa was the only pick uh, choice to play Aquaman. Yeah. Uh, so that was that. That was I thought it was really really great. Yeah. Uh, the only other final musical point, sorry, I had to make just because we were talking about Momoa uh, was um, Amber Heard plays a wooden recorder at one point. Uh, she does. Do you know? <laughs> and actually, you you touch on a little bit of a point that I have for this movie, and it's a little bit of a gripe. Actually. Okay, go for it. Because do you know what tune she was playing? I don't know. Right. Have you have you delved onto the soundtrack for this yet? A little bit, but it's a little bit out of order, so I found it quite difficult yeah, to listen to. Yeah, it's a little, as it's a little yeah. bit out of order. But the first track on it is the uh, end credits track. 
which yeah. is by Skylar Gray, which is Skylar Gray, everything course, yeah. I need, right? Oh, I hate it. Oh, is it, a, is it a melody of that, is it? It is that melody. And oh. this melody is interwoven throughout the whole movie yeah. in, personal, in personal movements between arthur and mira Mira, and i hate it yeah i I agree i really i really hate it not because it's a bad melody not because it's a bad melody at all but because it it just feels very cold and corporate to have this you know an end credits pop song which we all accept is going to happen in certain movies yeah but to have that be an integral part of the drama in the yeah. movie, I, yeah. it's just it doesn't sit well with me. That 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 doesn't sit well with me. And it was fine the first time I watched it because you don't know that that song's coming up at the end. But then once yeah. you've heard that song, yeah, you go back and watch point. it, and yeah, all you yeah. can hear is that bloody song when they're trying said... to have a dramatic moment. You're just like, oh, come on. But you say that, mate. Because but you said in Shrek, the the melody, the main melody for Shrek is the pop song that's used at the end, and you yes. love that. Yeah. But what's the di- the difference between those but the difference there is uh-huh. that the melody was written before the song yeah yeah the okay, melody the enough. melody became the song yeah, and yeah 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 i don't have any proof that that wasn't the same thing here but i but you very much feel like I, it. yeah but yeah, yeah. i kind of feel like it is and I, yeah. actually no i do because um in the credits i said that the song all the, the writing and lyrics the music and lyrics credits all went to Skylar Gray, so she must have mm. written it. So, so yeah, mm. whatever. There was an there was another song though that I really really liked yeah. at the beginning of the movie, which isn't in the soundtrack, and that which was Glupur by Sigur Ros. Oh, I love Sigur Ros. Everyone yeah. loves Sigur Ros, and I love whenever they're in movies. I think mm. they add so much. It's such a unique sound it's kind of like this ethereal kind of landscape music and then yeah, the, yeah, yeah. his falsetto yeah which is when you sing really high up in your head and you hit, hit these really high pitch notes yeah is just it again it's it's otherworldly and it, it it which is why it belongs in movies it 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 pairs so well in these movies yeah. and it happened during the prologue when uh, Queen Atlanta. What, what's her name again? Is it Atlanta? Atlanta. Atlanta. Like yeah. yeah. Queen Queen Atlanta and Nicole Kidman. Yeah, Nicole Kidman and Tamara Morrison are having their love story, and they're cuddling at the top of a lighthouse, and you yeah. and and you see you know sunsets over the Atlantic Ocean and the cliffs yeah. and stuff, and then you just get Sigur Ross high falsetto over the top. It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it. it was nice. The the Sigur Ross are great. I mean, so a couple of the members of the band. So my my favorite inclusion of Sigur Ross in anything movie and TV still to this day is have you so I mean you know you've seen it. But, is it Hoppy Polo? No, it's not. It's not. I like Hoppy Polo. Because it's usually Hoppy Polo. <laughs> it's in a lot of, it's in a lot of movies actually. Yeah, isn't Hoppy Polo is uh, a big one. And TV shows. Yeah, no. Or are like adverts. Uh but but the a couple of members of the band, Sigur Ross. I don't. I think it was Ori, who's the main the main singer, who's the one who does the falsetto. Yeah. Voice, and I don't know the other one, but I think it was a singer and the bassist were used in uh, one of my favorite TV shows. I mean, you know, I can't say what I want. It was mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, and and the music of because I think the music of that was legendary all the music of it if you can take it as one and you know you can get into the different series and why it was so amazing i'm sure we'll get there one day because we've got a put a, pod, a podcast a podcast. we've got a, pod, a podcast that can do such a thing mm-hmm. but 
there's a very eloquent one in the the purple wedding sequence so joffrey's wedding uh one of the sorry two of the, two of the musicians that play to him are two members of Sigur Ross. Oh, really? So they're in it. They're Fantastic. in it. And they sing The Reigns of Castamere and they have a drone and it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, so listen I to Sigur Ross. Really listen, cool. listen to Sigur Ross, Reigns of Castamere. It's fan bloody tastic. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, have you got else? any other musical notes for this movie? Uh, I've got a few non musical notes, but that is all my musical notes. Well, I've just uh, got one more. And it's okay. and it's literally just a, a little personal favorite track from the deluxe okay. edition of the soundtrack, and it's called Mira Montage, okay, which is, I think, picked up from when you know she makes the wine into daggers at the yes. end of the at the end of the Sicily fight C- scene, scene. yeah, and it kind of turns the score and action music into a rage against the machine guitar riff mm. type thing that kind of like rhythm and heavy and it's just like really really brilliant and sort of uh very very di- very very different to like the techno funk that we've like discussed yeah. from the rest of the movie yeah like you get this kind of like hard rock kind of attitude because she is a character yeah. with quite a bit of attitude yeah yeah yeah, and I, you I, say that like you. You say the word attitude like a dad would say it to their kids. That attitude. character's got attitude. Attitude. <laughs> I don't like your attitude. <laughs> the other bit, I think, on the electric guitar piece, the other musical. There was one more musical point, which was the intro when he's at the aquarium as the wee boy. Oh yeah, and you have the choir, and then the electric guitar came in. I thought that was quite good. Yeah. With the title credits. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, some other points to make box office so basically uh the initial release in the united states this movie surpassed every solo marvel cinematic universe movie in the chinese box office because the chinese went fucking bananas for this movie they love this movie why i don't know i don't understand but they loved this movie um as we said it's the fifth collaboration between director james wan and patrick wilson check uh, so James Wan actually revealed that he had the choice of choosing d- to direct The Flash, which should be in 2022, yep. and this movie. But he chose this one because he felt Aquaman was the underdog. And yeah. I think he did a good job of it. Absolutely. Uh, I think he would have done a good job of both. And I think the other point, the last point I was make was on the casting piece. I'm sure it doesn't escape your knowledge, but basically this is one of those movies where you're like, oh, almost every single person in this movie has been in another mo- like superhero movie. Yeah. So appeared in another DC. So you have Patrick Wilson, who was Night Owl and Watchmen. Willem Dafoe, obviously Norman uh, on Norman Osborn. Nicole Kidman, Doctor Chase, or in the Batman Forever. Yeah. Uh, Jumon, who's uh, Honasu, who's voice of Riku and the Korath from Guardians. Oh, uh, um, I could have sworn that was his voice. He was the yeah. he was the Fisherman King, wasn't he? Y- yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, you also had uh, Jimmy Woo, who's from Ant Man and the Wasp. Dolph Lundgren from Arrow. Uh, oh, Frank, I, and right. Frank See, Castle first time when Punisher. I when I watched this movie and Dolph Lundgren was in it, yeah, I was like, bravo! You, yeah, you get you get a clap good, from it? me. You get an absolute good. clap from me. Why did why did they think? You know who you know who we want for this role? Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, yeah. yeah who yeah. who said that? That wasn't the Genius. weirdest bit of cast. No, that wasn't the weirdest bit of casting though, because that was the bronze 
that was bronze. Silver, right. go, silver goes to John Reese Davis as the Brine King, the big crab creature. <laughs> yeah, that's John Reese Davis. That's John Reese so John Reese Davis. Yeah, yeah. So he was the king. He was also Kingpin from the Incredible Hulk television series. Yeah. So it's another superhero casting. But the gold prize for what the fuck are they doing in this movie? Yeah. goes to the Carathon or the Leviathan yes. creature. Do you know who that was? I know exactly who that was. <laughs> it was Julie, <laughs> Julie Bloody Andrews. <laughs> Julie Andrews, and and I read up and I read up some trivia about that little piece of casting because James Wan said that they want that that they wanted the Carathon to be one of the older English great actresses, and uh, he said we asked all of them, you know who's on that list, and it was interesting (laughs) because you do as well. No, you do exactly because you you do you do because Aaron's turned it down. No, no, hundred percent because. When Judy she Dench. first went, no, when the Carathon first started talking, <laughs> I was like, is that Judy Dench? <laughs> is that, is that Judy Dench? And let me tell you, have it, Judy Dench has done some, Maggie Smith. <laughs> Judy Dench has done some trash in her time. I would not put it, I would not put it past her to appear as a yeah. Carathon in this one. But the fact that Julie Andrews yeah. turned down a cameo in Mary Poppins in order to do this. Did she really? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. The reason she turned Aww. down Mary Poppins' returns was because she didn't want to overshadow Emily Blunt because it was em- Emily Blunt's turn with the character and she didn't want to kind of... I'm sure Emily Blunt wouldn't have minded. No, I don't think Emily Blunt would have minded either. Cool. But And I don't think anybody would have because Julie no. is the queen. But yeah, yeah no, I, that, that was brilliant. And you know what? She was really good as well. Yeah, she was it's, quite good. It's very much not to her typecast, which is no, no. You know, I like it when shit like that happens. No, but uh, she really sold it, and you kind of oh yeah, Julie Andrews. But also yeah, was Graham McTavish. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard him. Yeah. yeah. So, and then there was the other point was Graham McTavish and uh, I forget the other one who were both in the Hobbits. Yeah, because he series. was uh, at he was Atlan. He was Atlan, the old yeah. king. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, and then obviously we had Willem Dafoe and Tamir Robinson both have appeared in Speed 2 Cruise Control, which is a movie that, you know, that question that they ask on films to be buried with the podcast that we both sort of used to listen to and now don't really listen to as much anymore. But it's quite good to listen to the other day. It was all right. Yeah. That title. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is Speed 2 Cruise Control is my answer for what movie did you love growing up? But then you look back and you go, it's a pile of trash. I never actually, thought that movie was good. Oh, I loved it. I, I never up. thought that movie. Speed was two so cruise control. Good. Yeah, I loved it growing Man. up. I was like, I'm all I, in, baby. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what my answer? Do you know what my answer to that is? What League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Ooh, <laughs> I've not rewatched that. Before. Oh, that is worth a rewatch. Oh, but speaking of speaking of sequels, sorry, just well, I know you weren't, but I was in terms okay, of ocean fair. oceanographic sequels. But I felt right. I was looking for when I was looking around to try and get this before I bought it. But I was looking for Aquaman and all the streaming services, and on uh, Amazon Prime, I went to put in Aquaman, and it was like, oh, it's not here. But here's some other suggested stuff. There's a Titanic two. There is a Titanic two. It has one point nine on IMDb, and I kind of started watching it. Is that the one where? I don't Jack D. Thaws in the future. He washes up on shore in New Dur- New Jersey and uh, like D. Thaws. I do not know, mate. Because I, I that exists. I know it. that I was, that is a plot for a sequel of Titanic. I was watching glimpses of this and the special effects are almost laughable. Like it's all, it, like you, it, it, it's 
horrendous. And you can tell it's all like, you know, actresses that definitely don't don't do normal sort of movies, if you know what I'm talking about, yeah. thinking that this is their big break. Like you're like, Oh my god, here we bloody go. You know what I mean? Like you're well just said. like it's just like, oh god. But actually we Dude, no, I thought it was great. I've watched it for longer than I should have done. <laughs> considering, <laughs> considering I had to considering I had to cram in Aquaman and I think about it now, I'm like, I was on Titanic 2 for a while. My but no, god. Um I guess we are now to the point where we have to ask quite a difficult question here. Yeah. The thumbs? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think we're both gonna say one, aren't we? I, th- I think so, yeah. Yeah. I'm going Dude, I'm it, going with one. Because one. B- because I loved this, or love's not the right word. I enjoyed fun. it. Yeah. I really, enjoyed really it. liked it. Yeah. But in a sort of, if you had to pinpoint a sector of the brain that produced the enjoyment, it would be the section of the brain entitled Guilty Pleasure. Yeah, I think so. Another reason why I think it's only one thumb up for me, especially, is that I. Now, um, now and again, get asked, oh, what's a good film score, movie score? Because now I've spent a fair bit of time actually really looking into it and researching it. Yeah. So when my friends ask, oh, what should I listen to? I, I often find myself thinking, well, if I recommend it, it's obviously a two thumbs up. And I just I wouldn't recommend this to anyone. No, I, I wouldn't the music recommend or just anyone. The, the movie and the both. I think I wouldn't recommend someone to watch this as a first to go to. I'd be like, if you watch it, great, and it is quite. I would. I recommend. It. I've been recommending you to watch this for ages. Uh, I didn't think it was that great. I mean, I no, but like people who are not interested in this sort of right, thing is, okay. is like I'm very interested in music and movies, and therefore, like I was gonna watch it at one point or another. Yeah. But I wouldn't recommend this to someone who maybe wasn't who didn't have that same passion that you and I have of music and movies. Yeah. Um, and or superhero movies like yeah. I, I, I and i guess like it goes to the point that we made before on justice league and i sometimes find myself asking this with every new superhero movie because there is there is a critical mass critical mass element to that style of and that genre of movie yeah and it was it was said very elaborately by a number of different people when justice league uh, the justice league came out which was this is utterly detrimental to the superhero uh, movie genre and yeah. actually really cripples it in more than one way yeah and i now find myself going huh well i guess i have to kind of like treat every superhero movie with the same broad you know i need to kind of give them all that same day in court yeah does this is this detrimental to the, the superhero movie franchise i kind of think it is because it's kind of more of a pantomime than anything and as you say it's a guilty pleasure but i don't think i would recommend this i disagree yeah. I disagree because I think you can not take yourself too seriously, which obviously this movie does. It doesn't take yeah. itself too seriously. You can have a mm-hmm. lot of ridiculous and fantastical elements. But if you sell it and you make it well, yeah. All the ingredients are there. I think yeah. that I I think that there's nothing in in this movie that wasn't ironed out and deliberate i don't think the dialogue was was particularly bad Mm. i don't think there was one section of this movie which let which let it down Mm. i think it was all deliberate and for that reason i don't think it is detrimental to the franchise or the genre Genre. because um it it very successfully made the movie that it was trying to make yeah yeah, and it didn't, and it didn't, yeah. and it didn't make no, any well concessions. Yep. It didn't make any concessions. I didn't feel, even though some of it was a was very very tropey, 
and predictable and things like that. I didn't get that sense of boardroom executive decisionness. No, James Wan came through quite a lot in this. Well, actually. exactly. That's the point. Yeah. It's a piece of it's a piece of art made by artists in their various yeah. departments, directors, composers, cinematographers, all of them, and I felt that that was displayed on screen. And for that reason, I don't think it is detrimental. Still one, still one thumb up though, isn't it? It's still it's still one <laughs> thumb up though because it is very silly. <laughs> nice. That 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 that's that's the one that's the one downside of our rating system is that one thumb up. No, there's not. It's a perfect rating system. If you were to put, you were to put that as a it's percentage, perfect. it's fifty percent. But it's no, not fifty percent. No, it is. It is. That's the system. <laughs> yeah, I've just thought of one more. What one more little annoying thing that I noticed in this movie, which is a little, yeah. which is a little bit of a tangent, but I'll just do it very very quickly. Did you notice in the Sicily scene? Yeah. That the aspect ratio changed. Yeah, it did. It changed back and forward a fair bit. That's that's, that's something really that I've annoying. noticed. Justice League did it all the time. Batman versus Superman did it a few times as well. Did it, it really? Th- yeah, it throws me off it, quite a lot. It's really annoying. Yeah. Why did yeah, he yeah, do yeah, that? Yeah. What it's there is a reason, but we don't have time to get into it. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. We can do this another time. Fair enough. When it next happens time, again, next we'll time it happens, let's actually yeah. talk about that because there I'm is, in, there is a re- because I'm interested because yeah. it happens. Then I find myself looking at the black bars at the no, top of the a, screen yeah. and not what's yeah, actually happening. There is a really interesting reason why that happens. And okay, fair enough. forward yeah let's do it okay three things to bring to moving forward where we talked a fair amount about aquaman which actually was good it was good though it was good conversation yeah it was good good conversation the three things that i want to talk about now one of them i think you're gonna bring which is a trailer that's just come out yeah one of them is as we promised the series finale of the boys or not series finale the yeah well the season finale i guess series two finale wrapped up and i've got to be really careful about that because i know you haven't watched it i have not yet and i want to i want to talk a little bit about it and i'll give you a kind of i'll give you a spoiler free review uh, and then I have done, remember how when we kind of first started this and moving forward, I wanted to kind of do deep dives into maybe like not full on scores of movies, but particular songs or particular composers from maybe TV shows and stuff and sure. recommendations. Sure. I've got a, I've got a little five minutes I've prepared on a TV show Ooh, and a couple good. of composers that I talked about who say they're brothers, but are not actually brothers, contrary to our previous one. Uh, so that's the order. So I would say, what do you want to go for first? I would say bring the bro- bring the brothers actually. Bring the brothers in. Bring the brothers. Cool. So, this moving forward is about a TV series that has just had its I would say in inverted commas second series drop onto Netflix. And I say second series because the only it's it this the story is totally unrelated to the previous series, but a lot of the cast carry over, a lot of the the writers carry over, and the composers carry over. And I'm of course of talking about the haunting of Hill House and the new series, which is the haunting of uh, Bly Manor. Now, if you haven't watched the haunting of Hill House, that is a fantastic 
TV series of one series just absolutely fantastic. Very, very highly rated and without doubt probably one of the best horror movie TV shows I think made. Like, I think wow. made. It's tight, very clever, great characters. Like, the character development is amazing. And it has to this day, and I think this is such a niche little award, but it has to this day. You know how when TV series, um, where maybe it's like a big cinema cinematography style TV series, and you've got like the, the intro and how they make it and they flesh the characters at the start, and then you've got obviously yeah. it leads up to the conclusion. And sometimes people feel that maybe there's a dip in quality, or if you binge watch it like I did for this, well, we didn't, I think we watched it night by night. But if you binge watch it, it kind of conglomerates to one small thing. You don't really delineate between what episodes what. Yeah. But this this uh the first series of it so hill house did the fan a fantastic thing by having what i consider the best mid episode episode of a tv series i've ever seen in my life wow that's yeah. quite a claim yeah quite a claim because there is a scene and i think it's i don't think it's exactly in the mid series but one of the i think it's 10 episodes and i think it's like episode six or episode seven is a one take the whole hour-long episode is a one take wow and it's done so bloody well. I was so impressed with it. Like, genuinely so impressed with it. Now, who I want to talk about is the composers of both uh, The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor, because it's the same composers. It's Andy Grush and Taylor Newton-Stewart, known as, collectively, the Newton Brothers. <laughs> um, so they are film score composers, record producers, conductors, and multi-instrumentalists. Now, they play a series of instruments, so, so they are, they are, just, but let me just, let me just capture that one, right? They are composers, they're record producers, they conduct, and they play in orchestras for movies. These two played in the orchestra for Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. They were the, the lead cellos. Really? Yeah. Wow. And they also are, they also conduct and score TV show music. So they've done a fair few movies like Doctor Sleep, for example. They were the conductors for that. But then wow. they were the composers for these this series. They are God. bloody well talented. Done. Well done, they boys. Are. Yeah. So really basically well earlier done. in the lives, that, that is Taylor, hustle. That that yeah. is a result of hustle, let me tell you. Yeah. So they inspire to combine music, visual, seek career in their composition. They are both accomplished multi-musicians, instrumentalists who can play piano, guitar, bass, clarinet, flute, accordion, sax, harmonica, percussion, or organ, kazoo, and cello. And together Oh shut um, up. Yeah. Oh shut together, up. No, no, no. Right. Fifty percent of those they play yeah, like a kazoo's shit. a real instrument a kazoo's no. an instrument no no 50 percent of those they play yeah. like shit together yeah together <laughs> they apprenticed under Hans zimmer and co-scored with danny elfman so they are in there oh yeah they've got but these guys these guys these guys are great but anyway i just want to talk about one particular song all right, song, one particular piece of music in, and it appears in both series. Now, because it's one of the things that carries over is the score is, is, is a lot of it's taken. They redid a lot of it, but they use a lot of the melodies. And there's a beautiful, beautiful piece of music called Go Tomorrow. And Go Tomorrow is a particular theme. It's only about an, a minute and a half long, but it captures the delicacy and the, and the characterization of all the characters in both series. And it's it's not scary. It's not a spooky music because there's some spooky music they do, but it's just, it's beautiful and it's, it's delicate and it's light and it's honest and it just does it such justice. I cannot recommend those two series or the, the series with the two series of it the more. 
And especially what doesn't get enough attention is the music and the composers and the job they've done. So please, please, if you can, go and listen to it and write in and tell us what you think. Because I just, I, I, I personally, it just, I had a bit of a fit for about half an hour. I was like, I want to know everything about this score. It's amazing. Um, anyway, that is that is my little piece on uh, the Newton Brothers and the Blythe Manor piece. Like, go and listen to it, mate. Cool. I will. Okay, so for moving forward this week, I have seen a trailer. <laughs> I can't be bothered pretending you sent me the trailer. <laughs> I can't be bothered. No, I, I, I'm not. I'm not. No, no, no. That's fine. I wasn't prepared. Cal- Callum said, watch the trailer for Fat Man, bring it to moving forward. I, I, I can't be bothered with this shit. <laughs> but I watched it. I did. I watched it. I watched it before recording. So, you know, I mean, you know, job done. So this looks like. I don't know what, what this, this looks like. What, what even this? is this? What is this? This this looks like. Did you say the name of it? Because I don't. Yeah, Fat do Man. I do. Fat Man. Fat Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Fat Man. It looks like a Santa Claus movie. Yeah. Or I think it's trying to be a Santa Claus movie for adults. Yeah. But that's not what it is, is it? No. It. Do you know what it actually is? Do you, is do you know it? what I actually think it is? What is it? I think it's on the same ilk as Last Stand. You know yeah, that yeah, Arnold yeah, Schwarzenegger yeah. movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe Taken 3. I thought Taken, when I was watching it, it had Taken vibes, yeah. Or something maybe, like that. But I say, take, I say on, Taken 3. That. I say Taken 3 because I'm seeing this old action star, Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. God. I know, God. You, you kind of have to give a little bit of a shudder whenever you say the words Mel Gibson nowadays. And he's a problematic person. He is a he's a very problem <laughs> problematic person. But you know, problematic people turn up in movies all the time. We just had one with Amber yeah. Heard, for God's sake. Oh my god, yeah. We didn't touch on that. We well, didn't really touch on that. I don't really I don't really now. want to. I don't really want to though, to be fair. It's yeah. all a bit dirty. Um and you get these old action stars and then they just get put in these action flicks which uh, which are sort of only there to be vehicles of a sort of um like a last hurrah of their heyday or something like a a kind of here we go again kind of movie yeah do you know what i mean yeah yeah those and that is just all the vibes that i'm getting from this trailer now don't get me wrong i love the concept which on appearances in the trailer, it seems to be Santa gives the wrong kid a piece of coal and has basically said, "You've been a bad, you've been a bad boy this year." And this and this wrong kid basically says, "I'm the wrong kid to 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 fuck with Santa. I'm gonna hire a hitman to kill your ass." On him. I think it's great. And oh God, of course, what a who, concept! Absolutely, and who, what a concept! And who is the hitman? Walton Goggins. Wally Goggies. I love him. He yeah. looks brilliant. I know he's. He's credited on IMDb as um, Skinny Man. So because it's like the fat oh, man. Oh, really? Oh, okay, man, fair yeah. enough. Fair and enough. But, but, uh, Mel Gibson or, or Santa in this is credited as Chris. So it'll be obviously Chris Kringle. Chris Kringle, But he's yeah. going to get called Chris. I think it, it looks, it looks, Look, right. know, it looks like a movie. During the trailer, like... during the trailer, you're just like, oh my God, yes. And then yeah. in the, within the 10 seconds after the trailer ended, I thought, Oh God, no! That's going to be terrible. What if? What oh if I come no, to? that's going to be atrocious. Yeah. 
that that's just that's what kind of where I'm leaning at the moment. However, it has intrigued me enough to go. You know what? I think I want to watch that. Yeah. I think I'm, I want to watch I'm that, sure but will. I'm not going to be surprised or upset or insulted. You know, sometimes when you watch truly terrible movies, you're like, I'm never going to get that time back. And I'm yeah. actually insulted that I had to sit and watch that. Yeah. I'm not going to think that because no. it will be what it will be. Yeah, it will be what it will be. It will be what it will be, you know. And then I'll just watch the Kurt Russell Santa movie on Netflix again, like I did nice. last year. Nice. Which have you yeah. seen? Did you watch that one? No, it's great. Uh, was it was that good wholesome family about? fun, and oh. it's Kurt Russell. So what's oh, okay? Like? Cool. I love Kurt Russell. I mean, who doesn't? That's my point. The final thing that I want to bring to moving forward this week is, as I said at the start of our kind of lay into moving forward, the boys season two finished. Yep, yep, yep. Now you haven't seen it, so I'm going to be treading very carefully. Call me out if I do spoil anything, but what I will say. Are you happy for me to say what I think about it? Because I know yeah. that that's a spoiler for me when you don't like something that kind of spoils it for me. Because I'm oh, like, oh, really? you didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I remember getting angry at you at one thing because you said I what your thoughts on a film, and I was like, that's a spoiler. Yeah, I like how I like how you call me out for spoiling a movie by saying my opinion on the movie, but I'm never allowed to call you out for actually spoiling movies no, when I'm sat there it. watching it with I've you. I've never done it. I've never, never done, done it. Never really? done it. Really? Okay. But we, uh, but we are of course are talking about the boys season two, which is. It's really, really good. Yeah. It's really good. It's a brilliant second series for a brilliant show. And if I can, they, they do something very clever with the boys, which I noticed. But it actually, I didn't come up with this. I was reading something somewhere. I can't remember who it was that, that, that had this idea. And actually, it's a, it's a really great observation with the boys. Is that the boys are... It's, it's really effective how they how they pace the show because at yeah. no point at no point is it boring like it's constant and it's visceral it's very very visceral and very gritty okay like it's the definition of gritty and carl urban as as, as billy butcher is the definition of just gritty in both oh, seasons I love him. because you look at him and you think god he stinks he must smell like he just looks <laughs> yeah. sweaty and waxy <laughs> and greasy and like he's great and it, that that continues and the the way they deal with homelander in this season is just and the whole thing he is just a homeland homeland is a fantastic character study isn't he so good like that that actor must have been like licking his chops just oh going, it's, oh, been, it's so much to get good, into it's so good and uh in this series we have another character who kind of takes a lot of the center stage which is the character of stormfront which has a really interesting uh st story and, and it's a really it's a really interesting character that, that that comes into this and it's a really interesting dynamic that that character creates um for all the ones that we've that we already know and love we also get some really great singular episodes where we dive into some of the characters that we already know for example frenchy gets a really interesting episode that kind of delves deep into his character a little bit more which i think is a and it, it is really great because it fleshes out the universe you have um, nice. you have more soups in this series which is really really great you've cool. got some really interesting and funny uh superpowers that come and again i'm not going to go into this too much because i've got to be careful and also you ultimately the 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 whole the whole universe the boys averse yeah it's it's really cemented this series you're like i'm on board with it i'm on board with it all because the first series was weird and it was it was you know guttural action sequences but now you've kind of i'm kind of in the same way you're huey you're kind of just customized to it yeah 
when someone's well, yeah, because head the boys, explodes. the whole concept of the boys, as depicted in season one, was so different to us. Yeah, yeah. From anything we've seen before, and very, very necessary, especially in this like very saturated market of superhero yeah, media. Yeah. So it is quite nice to have a second series to enjoy the drama of it and the and the action yeah. of it, as opposed to just constantly just being blown away by the concept yeah. of of the show which is still there so and and but it goes back to the point i made at the start which i kind of didn't finish which was why it's so clever and i read as i said i read it from somewhere else and the reason it's very clever is it's minimalism it's the minimalism use of action and fight sequences because it's actually not a huge budget comparatively it's actually quite a low budget for i can't remember what it is but they the way they mask the low budget of it through only showing you action sequences that are absolutely necessary to be seen, yeah. only showing you special effects when they actually, like, there's no other way around yeah. it. There isn't a huge amount of action. There isn't a huge, but it it feels like there's a lot of action. Right. It's one of those shows where if you look back on it, there's a lot more just dialogue scenes yeah. than they're actually... There's more drama. You, it's more character-driven. Yeah, it's more character-driven. But when you think... But when... And personally, when I think back on it... And this this article made me think about this when I read it. I can't remember. I think it was somewhere in Times. But the, when I think back on when I've watched The Boys, I think, no, it's just action-packed. But it's not. And it's a really clever psychology trick that they kind of use with it. And and I, I can't love it more. Like, it's, it's brilliant. I yeah. really... I recommend it to everyone that I see. You know, especially people who are not into the superhero genre because it's a really, as you said, a really refreshing change yeah. from what we know and love. Love it. Love it, mate. Cool. Uh, you will. I can't like wait. To, I can't series. wait to get to the end. It's, take, it's yeah. taken me a while, though. It's taken me a while. Where are you right now? Uh, episode two. On the second series? Yeah. Okay, so you've, in, you've been introduced to Stormfront. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. What's your thoughts so far? Oh, no, it's good. I mean, I won't, uh, I won't delve too, too much into it. It's just that I'm still enjoying getting into it but again it's quite slow paced i like have only have like a couple of evenings yeah a week where i can watch like one episode because i used to i used to for these video on demand series and they were like a lot of the episodes would come out at once i used to spank out like five in an evening yeah well what they've done what they've done <laughs> poor choice of words very poor what choice of done, words i was like let's just go past that <laughs> what they've done what they've done in uh what they've done in this series <laughs> which I watch what they've done in this series, which I quite which I quite like, is that they released the first three and then they didn't release the others for quite a while. Like they were, I think they drip fed the last five, which I thought was really clever. Oh, okay, yeah, that's it good. A, it was a good way to it was a good way to 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 kind of release the last the the, ra- the last few. Uh, mm. I was just about to say there's a really there's a really really big scene that happens. God, this might be a spoiler. But it's not until episode three. But you'll know it when you see it. Okay, good. Well, I'll look. <laughs> I'll look forward to that. That's all I say. Anyway, what do they have to do now, Alex? If you'd be so kind, listeners, would you mind awfully going onto the Apple Podcasts app and leaving us a mind, f- le- oh, leaving us a five mind? star review and perchance oh. a written review because it really Just does help. It. Say say if you like us. Say if you don't. Tell us your favorite movie. Tell us your favorite movie score. We mm. don't care. We love reading all of it you can also find us on spotify and wherever else you listen to podcasts if you listen to podcasts somewhere else and you can't find us then Mm -hmm. go somewhere else but also let us know that we're not there and then Mm -hmm. that'll be engagement 
which would be great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get in touch with us more directly and discreetly, you can mm-hmm. also get us at an email address, which Callum will now tell you. Uh, the email, of course, is motionspod at gmail.com. Of course it is. And of course, you can leave a review in any of those, um, much like Susan has done. And Susan has left a lovely review for us on uh, the obviously the, on the app there. Uh, Susan has said, walking boots are a must for campers visiting our Glencoe Club campsite. Surrounded by National Trust for Scotland managed woodland, this is a wonderful walking country. Thank you very much, Susan. I think Thank reviews you, Susan. like that. Well, I mean, if you could summarize what those sort of reviews do for the show alex like what, what does that actually mean to us in our in our hearts truckfuls of money yeah exactly exactly and boobs yes. and explosions <laughs> no that i got silly um susan those those reviews they they send a tear to my eye from where the tears are made we'll have we'll have reading them so keep the so eye. so keep sending them yeah, do we do we 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 love that. Uh, next week we are Hamilton. Doing Hamilton, yes, yeah. nice, exciting. Nice. Now, this means I don't have to do a huge amount of work because I've seen this this so many times, and I cannot cannot wait for you to watch this. Now, I know this is a really big ask for you, mate, but actually watching this the second time is when you really see a lot of the stuff because you miss a lot of stuff when you watch it yeah um, the first time like the second time and listening to the soundtrack obviously and i know you will but also watch it with the the, the subtitles because sometimes i find on the disney plus i think it's really great the disney plus show but sometimes you miss some of the lyrics yeah you hear them on the soundtrack but i watched it with the subtitles because i was recommended to do it and i think it's the right way to do okay. it okay you know you do you do yeah you, yeah you do you boo right okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna eat these eggs. I did. I took a couple of mice. You did. Yeah. Did very discreetly. Yeah. Did you very, hear them? No, I didn't. I, I was listening. Ooh. I was listening while I was talking. That's a wee game. See if you can write in and tell us at what point on the episode I ate my egg. <laughs> I mean, we won't know, so we don't. We know. won't know. Anyway. No, I won't know either. Actually. Yeah, it was points when you were rambling on about some shit. That's when I did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you again next week, everyone. All right, guys. Ta ta. <laughs> <laughs>